0: Luke chapter 9, uh, we're going to look at verses 57 through verse 62. This morning in small group Bible study, uh, we talked about Elijah passing on his ministry to Elisha. Um, and one of the things Elisha was doing was he was out plowing. And, um, and while he was plowing, uh, Elijah come and said, it's time for you to, to follow me. And, uh, and Elisha asked if he could go back. And, uh, and tell his parents bye, um, but his heart must have been right in it, because he was allowed to go back, and, uh, and not only did he go back and say bye, but he, uh, he slaughtered the oxen, uh, his way of making a living, uh, as an as a offering to God, as a, as a way of saying, I'm done with that life, and I'm moving on to live the life that God is calling me to live. Um, And so in this chapter, we're going to see uh, something similar, uh, but also a little bit different. Y'all stand with me as we read together, Luke 9, 57 through 62. As they were going along the road, so that would have been Jesus and his disciples, someone said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus said to him, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, first, uh, let me first go and bury my Father. And Jesus said to him, Leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord. But let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word today. This challenging reminder. And God, there's no looking back. There's no turning back when we truly follow you. When we truly give our lives over to You, we must die to that old way of living, to the world's way of looking at things, and we must be raised to new life. We must begin a ministry for You, a mission for You that takes us to the end of our life uh, and then on into eternity. So God, we, we think about that cost today of following You. And we pray if there's areas in our life that we're not fully committed, that we're not genuinely serving You, that we're uh, trying to, uh, to have the hand to the plow, but have our hearts and minds somewhere else. Help us see today that, God, that is not possible, that we must die to selfishness, die to worldliness, and be raised to new life in You. We pray that for each one of us. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You may be seated. <clears throat> and so as we look at this passage, um, I also wanted you to think about Exodus 20, verse 3 today, which uh, reminds us, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall have no other gods before me And in uh, our message today, which we may have to do part of it tonight if we don't get through it all, uh, but it is, um, it is that, that if God is so important, there is one God. There isn't a bunch of gods that we can just take our pick and decide, whichever God fits you, that's, that's the God for you, this is the God for me. That's not the way it works. The Bible says there's one God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Me. And so because God is one God, we've got to know who that God is, and we've got to realize that when, when we start following Him, He is the most important One. He is it. He is worthy to be worshipped and praised and followed. And, uh, and that's what people didn't seem to grasp. As Jesus was going along, He attracted a lot of attention. So there were people that said, Hey, I want to follow you wherever you go. Uh, not realizing that Jesus didn't even own a, a pillow. He didn't have a house. He didn't ever get rich on this earth. He, uh, he, and, and yet people try to follow Jesus to get rich and, and think, oh, I'm going to follow Jesus so I can have blessings and all these different things. But Jesus didn't even have a place to lay His head. Foxes lived better than Jesus. The birds lived better on this earth than Jesus. Because He daily focused on His Father, on the kingdom of God. To another one the man said, follow Me. And he said, but first... I want to go bury my father. And that makes it sound like his father had already died. But what that actually means is that he wanted to go live his life with his father and then follow Jesus after he inherited his father's estate and all of that stuff. So he's not talking about immediately. And Jesus says that's not going to work. First, follow me. Right? Follow me. Let the dead bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And then the other one said, I'll follow you, but first let me say farewell to those at home. And that's exactly what Elisha said, and he was allowed to do that. But Jesus says to this man, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. And so there must have been a hard issue with this person that that was just an excuse. They really didn't, you know, really wasn't about them saying farewell. It was just saying, "You know what, Jesus? I said I want to follow you, but not yet." Right? Not today. Maybe I'll do that tomorrow. Let me go do this other stuff." And and people do that all the time. We are full of excuses for why we don't do what God's called us to do for why we don't, uh, you know, the, the daily disciplines that God calls us to, studying the Bible, uh, being a prayerful person, interceding for others, sharing the gospel message with other people, we have excuses for why we, don't do in the, why we don't do those things, why we don't stay focused on those things. And I hear those things all the time. Oh, one of these days, preacher, I'm going to get to that church. And I think, no, you're not. <laughs> oh i've just got it i got to get some things when i get my life together when i get some bills paid and some time, th- i'm, I'm going to get there and i think the devil's going to make sure those things don't happen for you you've got to decide i'm putting my hand to the plow and i'm following jesus and whatever it takes whatever i have to do to keep god first in my life i want to do those things because god is so important That's why it's so important that we don't look back. That we don't say, yeah, Jesus, I want to follow you. That's a ticket to heaven. Yeah, I'm going to follow you. And then, oh, wait a minute, look at that. And look at that, right? And so when you have your hand to the plow, if you look back, you're not going to have a very straight row, are you? It's going to be all crooked and all over the place. And, and, uh, and so you've got to pay attention to what you're doing. You've got to pay attention to what the animals ahead of you were doing when you were plowing in Bible times. You've got to focus. You can't, uh, you can't you know, turn around or it's not going to work. And so it's like that in our, in our relationship with God. He's got to be first. To follow Him is to say, I'm going to put you first in my life, God. And anything that's trying to cause me to look back is gone. I'm not, I'm not paying attention to that anymore. I'm focusing my heart, my mind, my soul on you. But before any of us are going to do that, God has got to capture our attention. He's got to be the thing. The, 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 what we're all about is God. All right, we're passionate about the message of Jesus Christ and all that God has done. So I want us to take a minute today to think, what do we believe about God? As, as a Baptist church, what do we believe about God? As followers of Jesus Christ. What do we believe about God? What does the Bible teach us about God? And so our first page of the sermon notes gives us that. What do we believe about God? And this comes from the Baptist faith and message article two in the Baptist faith and message. So what we believe is there's one and only one living and true God. So a great message, a great passage to, to memorize, Exodus 23. You shall have no other gods before me. Uh, so there is one and only one living and true God. That's not a popular message today. Right? That's not a popular message today, and yet it's the truth today. There is only one God. There is only one God, and Jesus Christ has shown us that in how He lived. But we also believe about God that He is an intelligent, spiritual, and personal being. So God is an intelligent God. The Bible clearly teaches that. And that is also obvious in everything around us, in the bodies that we live in, that, uh, that God designed this, this world in a very intelligent way beyond anything that we can imagine. He's also a spiritual God. And we learn that in the Scriptures. He is a personal being, which is something that sets uh, Christianity apart. Is that God personally cares about people. Uh, he is a personal being, a, a God that, that, that we can talk to, a, a God that understands what we're going through. He is a personal being. He is the Creator. He is the Redeemer. He is the Preserver and Ruler of the universe it's important what you believe about god what you think about god so i encourage you to really think about this do you believe this about god uh is god is is, that, is he someone in your life or is it just something out there that, that it's a possibility or is he everything to you This is what we believe about this amazing God that we find in the Bible. The next thing is that God is infinite in holiness in all other perfections. So God is completely perfect in any way that you could think about God. There is no darkness in God. He is completely holy and righteous and set apart and perfect. And we need to know that. And we need to remember that. The Greeks believed in a God that, that had sin, that, that would get upset and would do horrible things and all this stuff. There's all kinds of beliefs about God. That He, that he has uh, you know, darkness and sin in Him. Uh, and that He punishes people just because He wants to in unrighteous ways. Uh, but God that we find in the Scripture... Um, is a God that punishes people, but in righteousness, in love, in holiness, in perfection. God is, He is all those things and He never runs out of those things. That is all that He is. We believe that God is all powerful and all knowing, and His perfect knowledge extends to all things past, present, and future. Including the future decisions of His free creatures. And so we believe that God turns all things to good for those that love Him and are called according to His purpose. And we see that there. He's able to do that because He is all-powerful. Because He is all-knowing. He is perfect. His perfect knowledge extends to everything. And even to the decisions that we make. We freely make them. And yet God can overrule. Alright, God, is uh, His His plans will go forward. Um, And so do we believe this about God? Have we thought this deeply about God? Or do we just take that idea, oh yeah, there's some kind of God somewhere floating around, and I hope He loves me. Or do I decide, I want to know this God. I want to know what all this means. And cherish this God that is all-powerful and all-knowing, because that brings truth into my life when I don't have any power when I know I don't know anything, when I don't know what's going on there's the, God knows it, and He has a perfect knowledge when we believe these things about God, uh, and we receive this God as our Savior and Lord. This the the article goes on to say to him we owe the highest love. To this God we owe the highest love. To this God we should revere him. We should respect and honor him. We owe him the highest love, reverence, and obedience. The eternal triune God reveals Himself to us as Father. You see that in the Bible? As Son, as Holy Spirit. With distinct personal attributes, but without division of nature, essence, or being. So this is who God is. This is how He's revealed to us. He is one God with three distinct personalities. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we owe God our love and our respect and our obedience. Do you believe that today? Is this the God that you worship, that you came here to worship today? Because it's so important what you believe about God. And so if we turn the sermon notes over, the more I know this God, and I'll leave these up here so if you didn't get all the blanks filled in the more I know this God, the more I know the God of Scripture, the God the Bible clearly presents, the God I see in the life of Jesus Christ, the more I will see His glory and the more perfectly I will glorify Him. If your life is all out of sorts and it's all messed up and you don't know what's coming or going, it's very possible that all that is related to what you know about God and how you relate to God and what your relationship is like with God. But the more that you know God, and the more that you see the glory of God in the Bible, and in His Son Jesus Christ, the more you are going to glorify God with the way you live. When we surrender to God, and that's what God calls us to. Right? To surrender to Him. Just like Elisha did. He was called. He had all these oxen he was plowing with. And he was called to serve God. And he gave it all up. And he sacrificed those animals that were his living and his livelihood. And he told his parents goodbye. And he followed the Lord. That's surrender to God. When you do that, when a person surrenders to God and allows God to take possession of their life, they also take possession of God. That's an awesome truth. He becomes our God. We become His child. He becomes yours. You become His. And that's what these people didn't really want. They kind of wanted to follow Jesus, but they didn't really want to surrender their life to Jesus. They all had excuses for why they didn't want to go right then. They weren't really truly ready for God to take possession of their life and for them to become His and take possession of Him. He becomes your God. You become not just somebody, but His child. And when you become somebody's child, that's an amazing, awesome thing. That's a wonderful thing to become a part of the family of God. But as a child of God, we always need more. You notice that? Children always need more. Right? Any of you parents should say amen to that. They're always needing, if you hear, if everything's quiet, something's wrong. Right? Everyone always needs more. And as children of God, we must never stop plowing for more in our relationship with our God. There's always more work for the farmer to do. There's always more things uh, to do for us as we grow in our relationship with God, as we learn who God is. Our God who is intelligent. And a lot of people don't believe that. They think they've got God fooled. They think they can pay God off. They think they've somehow going to trick God. God's all intelligent. God knows what He's doing. You're not going to fool God. He is a spiritual God. He is everywhere present. He is a personal God. And when you as a person truly taste and experience the goodness of God, you're going to want more. Amen. Amen. You're going to want more. You're going to go back for more and more of this amazing, wonderful, awesome God. Psalm eight: Taste and see that the Lord is good taste and see that the lord is good psalm 34 8 think about that god is our creator he is our redeemer god is the only one who is able to be the preserver and ruler of the universe and you and i oh god the highest love the deepest respect and our complete obedience And that's something that's so vital for us to see. Because we think God owes us. I'm here, God owes me. But that's not the truth at all. I owe God my highest love. My deepest respect and reverence. I owe God obedience. I should want to live for Him every single day and strive and when I fall short, it's going to hurt. Because I want to I obey him. I want to follow him. And so I want to challenge you today to think about where you're at in your life, and what you think about God, and what you believe about God. Are you one of these people who's like, yeah, I want to follow Jesus, but not yet, not today. Oh, he doesn't have a pillow? Never mind. I don't think I'm going to follow him if he doesn't have a pillow. There's no comfort. There's no comfort in following Jesus, forget it. He's not going to fill my bank account, forget it. But Jesus was never about earthly gain. He was always about a heavenly kingdom. Uh, And so there's all kinds of excuses. Maybe they're family excuses. Oh, well, you know, family first. Jesus better be first. Yes, family is important. No one would deny that, but Jesus better come before your family. God better come before your family. You better learn who God's calling you to be, and then you'll see how to truly love your family, right? And and it's got to be first. Jesus has got to be first. Uh, Whatever your excuse is, are you one of those people? And that's kind of what American Christianity's turned to. I've got Jesus right here, but I'm like this. Right, and I'm over here, and then I'm over here. And then, right, it's kind of like people drive today, isn't it? Going down the highway, you got people doing this. You're like, what are you doing? Exactly. And that's what we say. Oh, yeah, I'm driving the Jesus bus, but I've got the world right here. And that's ridiculous. That's what we look like today when we say, I'm a Christian, but I don't really put God first. I mean, I I just, you know... Is that where we're at? Look at who this God is. Look at what we believe about who God is. And when we've truly tasted and seen how good the Lord is, we want more. So I want to challenge you today are you sunk in the mire of complacency? I just, I'm just happy. I'm just where I am in my relationship with God and uh, I've got Jesus in the passenger seat, and I'm cool, I don't need anything more. Or am I saying, God, I I want to know more. I'm not complacent, I'm ready. I'm so thankful for all You've given me and all You've shown me, but show me more, God. Show me more, more please. Are you stuck in the apathy, right? Are you stuck in apathy? uh, That you just, I just don't care, whatever. You know, whatever's going on. Are you saturated by the stimulus of this world? Is that where we're at today? We're sunk. We're stuck. We're so saturated with the world's stuff. You could tell me all you want to tell me about this God. I'm like, okay, whatever. There's only one God. And we better make sure we're not worshiping some false God or no God. It's all equally bad. There's only one way to be saved, and that is to turn to Jesus Christ, to surrender our hearts and our minds and not just say, I want to follow You, but truly follow Him. Wherever He is, I want to know more about this Savior who rose from the dead and promised me eternal life and promises to take care of my family and and to have a plan for this world that's so lost in darkness and sin. Stop looking back and start seeking God for more. I don't know what it is that Satan's using to distract you or to saturate you or to keep you stuck or to sink your ship, but I know he's using all sorts of things, anything he can, and stop looking to it. Stop being distracted by it and start seeking God for more. He is so worthy. He is so worthy of more. And I want to challenge you today. Where are you at? What do you believe about God? Examine your heart today. Examine your life today. These bracelets also have some little symbols on them. And some of those symbols are that one of the colors, the last color is green. We got to grow. If we say, I follow Christ and I'm saved, and I believe in this Bible, and I believe in God, then I better be growing in Him. And so I better love God with all my heart and soul and mind and strength and love my neighbor as myself. One of the ways I love God is to study the Scripture. So there's a Bible in that image there. To be someone that's studying the Scripture. Find a plan that works for you to where you're daily putting God's truth into your life. There's a person praying. Be someone that prays continually. Pray. Be someone that is, follows Jesus in baptism. There's a drop of water to remember how important that step in our faith is to be baptized. And then be someone that fellowships with other believers. That you don't just come to church and leave, but that you connect with believers that invest in you and you invest in them and you help each other to keep God first in your lives. And then there's a world with a cross on it. You're someone that's out there sharing the message of Jesus Christ. So as we close for this time of invitation, I just want to challenge you, the Bible says to examine your heart. Where are you at in your relationship with this almighty, awesome, all-powerful God that we're talking about today? Are you at a place where you're like, God, please give me more. I want to grow closer. I want to know you more today. I want to know you better today than I knew you yesterday. Or are you one of these people that's like, hey world, give me more. I want more worldliness. I want more from the world. Or am I someone that's seeking God for more? It'll show us a lot. It'll reveal to us a lot. And if God's moving in your life today, a burden has come on your heart. That you need to be saved from your sin. You need to turn to Jesus Christ. Or you're a believer that's been distracted and you want prayer today. That's what this invitation time is about. It's a time to say, God, I want more. Help me with more. The altar, if you want to come kneel at the altar and pray as we sing this final song. Or if you want to ask Jesus Christ to be your Savior and Lord. Come forward today and let's together pray for more in our knowledge, in our understanding, and in our relationship with God. Let's pray together. God, as we thank You again for Your Word. And God, we just ask that You would help us to stop looking back, to stop whatever it is, and to start looking to You, to keep our hand to the plow, to keep You first, Jesus as our Lord and our Savior. God, crush whatever excuses we're using. Pick us up out of that muck of of apathy. God, help us to, to get rid of all the worldly saturations in our life. And deliver us, Lord, that we might serve You and see how wonderful and awesome You truly are. Change our hearts, God, so that we want more of You. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Let's stand together as we close.